take me to the place. And I went through a period that I really didn't like that song. And, but it's going to be relevant to what I'm going to be telling you. Today, I'm going to, first of all, I want to talk to you about Russia just a little bit. Last, was it last week or week before? I talked to you about Russia and the possibility, you know, everybody, uh, you, you listen to the Western news agencies. They got them as this crippled, weak military. Guys, that's not true. They have almost a million ground soldiers right now being mobilized. They have, you know, another 350,000 I guess it would be like a National Guard. They've got these new missiles. They, got, they have these missiles that, that while we were, we've been trying to design the uh, Elf, Elf something or another fighter pilot, they have these smart missiles that come in from all areas and angles and trajectories around the world. And there's nothing that we have that can stop them. Some of them even is going to come, they come under the South Pole to attack what they want to attack. And we have nothing to stop those missiles because the technology is there and I always say look y'all forget Russia was the first in space maybe the first on the moon I don't know I have my all so what are you saying Johnny I'm just saying that I don't know a lot of things I like to be keep up with Russia because that's Magog and Gog and I know that when right before Yeshua comes that that country is going to come down and it's going to attack Israel and when it does, yeah, we, will, we will have already been resurrected if we we're dead. And those alive, the angels of God will collect us, carry us to, I believe, the Mount of Moses in the desert of, of Saudi Arabia, where the true mount is, where I've showed you all before, where the, it has a molten top. They will not even let you near the place. It has bricks left over from the calves that was built, the golden calf. It has the place where the water came out. It, 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 Y'all remember that? How many of you remember that when I showed it to you? You know, I told my son Jonathan, he's always invited me to go places like Everest, Antarctica. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, how is, that, is that beyond my two-mile radius? <laughs> and he said, yeah. I said, well, i tell you what I will do. You get me an appointment where I can go there, not to the tourist Mount of Moses, but the real one. You get me in there, pass those, bar those, those chain link fences with barbed wire, no admittance. Get me in there. I'll, I'll, I'll buy the ticket now. Buy yours too, son. And so then we'll have to, we be, we're judged. Those that are lukewarm, listen to me, listen close to me. Those that don't tithe, those that don't attend the, the ecclesia, those that, that uh, are, are caught up entangled with the world again, their mind is, guess what? They will not get a well done. They just won't. And then he'll say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. And they will be cast into the lake of fire, which is a metaphoric uh, example and picture of what the Bible calls the second death. So they will die the second death. And their punishment will be eternal punishment. What is that going to be, Johnny? They'll be dead eternally. That's the punishment. The way you sin is death. You eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. The rest of us will join together with Yahshua and go through the plains of Teman, and we're going to walk right through the eastern gate that they have blocked up so nobody can get into. I'm going to tell you, I know for a fact Yahshua, by science, can walk through walls. The Bible tells it. We're going to walk through that wall. They, they, they can do what they want to to try to keep us out. And then he will sit upon the throne. 
And I believe those that are looking for Jesus to come will think that this man is the Antichrist, which there really ain't one because they've been ignorant and lied to all their lives, just like I was. Then in the Valley of Megiddo, Yahshua is going to destroy all that League of Nations or Federation of Nations that have risen up, risen up against Israel. So what happened? I said it last week. Now everybody thinks I'm a prophet. Oh my God, Israel got attacked. You're a prophet. Now, I was a prophet long before that. You hear me? I've been right a long time. And so what happens is that it, that it, the thing isn't, that isn't the war that Israel is going to have to face before Yahshua comes back. But let me tell you this. I won't, let me just say this to you. Russia has the advantage today, militarily. What about China, Johnny? They don't want war. They're trying to be, have a, like, they, they like being, having money and trade. And they ain't going to do nothing that's going to interfere with that trade happening. I read an article where Vietnam got so mad at China and the Chinese nationalists that lived there, they called China up and said, come get them all. They, so what did happen? Did they attack them? No. You know what they said? Y'all come on out of there. We, don't want, we still want our Nike stuff cheap. We still want Adidas clothes cheap. That, that's their God. I ain't worried about China. But Syria with the Hamas, which are based out of Syria, you can't, you can't go at war with the Hamas without attacking Syria. Okay, same thing. Well, it, they attack Israel. Israel now attacks Syria, whose number one ally is Iran, whose number one ally is Soviet Union, who they get all their military supplies and, and weaponry from. So we got Syria attack Israel. And this is plausible in my mind, a scenario that I've got my eye on. So what's Israel going to do? I heard Netanyahu yesterday. Dude, we're at war. No, this ain't a retaliation. This is war. When people say war, it's different. I mean, there could be nuclear things involved here. Well, okay, now, uh, now uh, Israel's attacking Syria, whose number one ally is Iran, whose number one enemy is Israel. That's like the dog can whoop a cat. I mean, a, cat, a dog can whoop a cat, a cat can whoop a raccoon, and a raccoon can whoop a dog. Did y'all know that? So we got Syria attacking Israel. Israel attacks Syria, whose number one ally is Iran, whose number one ally is uh, Russia, which is about 1,200 miles away already in military action, mobilized, ready to go. And so what, what you think could happen? Well, if you're going to attack my number one ally, we've been waiting all this time, and now we got all the money we need because the United States gave us billions of it. We're developing all this stuff. And guess what? So what they're going to, it's plausible what they could do. They're going to attack Israel. And when they attack Israel, guess what Israel's going to do? They're going to attack them back. And when they attack the, the uh, Israel, I mean, Iran, their number one ally, Russia, is just right there. They could slide right down into Israel. And guess what? It's going to be ugly. So what do, you, what do you think? I'm answering questions that people ask me. And if they don't want to listen to my broadcast, I ain't telling them much. But listen to this. What do you think about the United States? Where are they in this? I'll tell you where they are. They want to be in control of every government in the world. They want to be in control of all the finances because we are a greedy nation. You ever heard of the word manifest destiny? We've been operating off of Manifest Destiny since we first got here from, from Europe. 
And guess what we've done? We believe it's God's will. That's what they believe. When they lied to the Indians, the ones who owned the property, they stole the property. You know what they did. They did it in the name of Jesus. Missionaries. We're still operating in that, and that's what it's all about. All this junk that's going on now is nothing more, and it's nothing new. We just got internet now, and everybody tells on them now. Otherwise, all you'd be reading would be the Mayberry newspaper, and you wouldn't know anything. So what do you think, Johnny? I have mixed emotions. I ain't going to lie to you. What are, my, what are your emotions? What are we mixed about? Well, number one, I'd love for Yeshua to come back for me, but I don't want him to come back yet. For some people that I love, that I know ain't going to get a well done because I know how they live. I know how they're living. They're entangled in the world. They're lukewarm. They've fallen away. They're backslidden. They're worldly. And it's going to be, you know, I want to say like the Bible, and I say this sometimes, come quickly, Lord. There's another part of me that said, could you give us just a little bit more time? Give me a little bit more time, Yahweh. Yahweh, I pray that you'd do that. So that's where I'm at with that, if anybody asks you. If this ain't it, it's going to miss a good opportunity to be it, right? But as stupid as the governments of the world are, they'll have plenty more opportunities, I'm sure. This morning, my, my son and I, we, we haven't in the past few weeks, but we usually have lunch on Tuesdays, Jonathan I'm talking about, discuss things. Went on to the church, things that we were doing, and, and he and I always get into these big debates. Not debates, really, actually, conversations. We don't argue, but and one of the topics that I've been meditating on and that I've been talking about out loud, because I like to hear what my spirit's saying, because my spirit is how I contact God. My internal dialogue is not my spirit. Or, the, or God's saying, it's what I'm saying. It's my opinion. It's how I fed it. You know, reason, the reason we have opinions is because somebody got to you before somebody else did. You were born, if you were born in Iran, you'd be a Muslim today, I'm sure. I doubt if you'd be a Christian. So I'm thinking about all this stuff, you know. I'm thinking about what's going on and what God's saying to me. And he and I begin to talk about what were the abilities that Adam had that we lost through sin? We got to thinking about all kind of stuff, you know. I hear, you know, we've taught in the, about the spoken word. Somebody came to me the other day and said, hey, if you say things, it'll change your situation. I said, not necessarily. It will make you think things are changed. Positive thinking can make you, it will persuade you or convince you to think things are okay, but it won't make them okay. It takes the word of God that is creative, not just words. Even though words have power, don't get me wrong. But I'm not, worse, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not at a place in my life that I need words that I can just say to somebody like, hey, did you lose weight? And make them feel good. Because when soul talks to soul, you get soul. That's all you can give them. It can change them for a minute, make them look good until they get home and stand in front of the mirror and they say, no, you as fat as you were yesterday. As a matter of fact, do not get on those scales because you're going to hurt your feelings. And so my words were only temporary because it has death on it. Everything that comes out of my soulish man is limited and is die. it will die. So I'm like, well, okay, what about other things? 
What about that scripture, Johnny? People ask me this all the time. What about he that saith, speaketh to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart? What about that one? Man, that's just a figure of speech. Yeah, it is for the carnal people. Because we have lived out of our soul so long. Oh, the title of this song is Soul Man, part one. And part one should be good news to you. Because I could put all four parts today. What about the sick? Speak. The sick is healed. What? Did Adam had health. I mean, what it? Well, he, he ate good. No, he didn't. He ate bad because what he, what he ate made him so sick, it, it diseased all of us. It poisoned us. So don't tell me Adam and Eve in the garden ate well. Yeshua was able to have power over the elements and to walk on water. We don't even want to get out of the boat. And we especially don't want us, anybody to rock the boat. So this is what I came up with and my soul, my soul man came up with. Well, did you know? Because I read this, see? I got knowledge in my soulish realm, and this was my response to that. To that bar that was raised. To that opportunity. To who Yahweh has, has opportunities he's given to us by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. This is what my soulish man said. Well, you know, we only use 10% of our brain. I told my soul man, I said, you stupid. But most people don't use 1% of their brain. And Adam had the power to use all of his brain. You know what Yahweh told me? No, that's not it. How many of you know people that are genius IQ, 155 to 160, something like that, and they're the stupidest people you ever met in your life. As they say, they don't even know how to get out of the rain. How many of you know what I'm talking about? My God, you're so smart, you're stupid. And I know that the second Adam, the first of this new creation, the firstborn of the new creation, I knew before he got glorified in his body that he had some powers that I ain't got. So what do I do? Well, we just settle. Well, you know, that's just how it is. We excuse away our backslidden condition and our love of sin. And we want to say, well, that's just the way it is. It can't be changed and all that kind of stuff. I can't live with that. Not and read the Bible. So is it God or is it us? Is it our culture, our narrative? This is all, all I've been preaching, y'all, is leading us up to this. Y'all understand that? About our narrative and the world and our culture and how they've got us and they, they put us in this bondage of chains. Years ago, not out of my soulish man, but in the temple of God in me, the, my human spirit, where I fellowship and contact God, because you can't do it with your soul. Your intellect, your emotions, your will, you can do that. You can have emotional experience and think that is a spiritual experience, but it ain't. And out of my spirit man, who is fellowshipping by the Holy Spirit, Yahweh himself, things come to me. The problem is I don't understand them because all the time because I try to understand it and define it out of my intellect, my emotions, my will, or my body. Years ago, I had this dream, vision. I don't know what it was. It was, it was like real, but it wasn't like real like me looking at you. It was a dream of four rooms. I came to the first door. It was like a shotgun house, so to speak. It, it was just rooms all the same size, four of them. It had a door in the middle. I walked in the first door, and it was so crowded back then. I mean, back, it was in that room. It was crowded. It was wall to wall. 
And people were doing stuff that, man, I was totally, totally, I mean, y'all, I was raised Pentecostal. You don't smoke, drink, or chew a go with girls that do. I mean, it was, and so what happened is, I walked in there, man, where some people were, they're like having a cocktail party almost, is how it felt like. Man, they're smoking and they're drinking and they're talking, you know, ways that I was, ah, that's bad stuff. And I was so crowded in there. I felt so crowded, not, not physically. I just couldn't stand it like that. It's like going to Disney World. How many of you hate it? You know what I'm saying. So I pressed my way through this room to the next door at the back wall of that first room. And I opened that door and I go in and there's three people in that room. Now, y'all, I had this vision, my God, in the 80s. And in that room, there was only three people. There was a, a heavyset woman with her hair high on her head. She had her dress with her, down the sleeves down to there. Her, her dress had all to her ankles. And in my mind, probably if I, I shouldn't say this. If you probably, you raise her, your, her, her dress up a little bit, you'll see she had hairy legs. Because I was raising Pentecost with some of them ladies had hairy legs, man. They, didn't, they thought it was a sin to shave their legs. I'm like, oh, my God. Lord, please don't let that be a sin. Personal opinion. <laughs> and this lady was going around the room. I call them fanny swatters back then. Raising Pentecost, they have a shout meeting and women would be fanny swatting. Woo! Hallelujah. Then there was a, a man in there. He had a three-piece suit on. I'm talking about vest, tie, the whole thing. His hair was perfect, and he was claiming everything. He was, I claim this. And, and then there was a woman in there who was dressed really, really fashionable. And when I say fashionable, she looked like a rich lady, okay? And she had diamond rings on, and she was praising God like this. Hallelujah, shandala bokata, like this. Showing off her diamond rings, I thought. And I believe that I've understood that this heavyset woman represented Pentecostals. The man represented the Word of Faith movement at the time. And the lady represented Charismatics. And even though the room was the same size as the first room, and the room uh, only had three people in it, I felt more crowded in that room than I did the first room. Because I found out this. Charismatics hate the word of faith, who hate the Pentecostals, who hate the Charismatics. So I pressed my way to the next room. Even though there was no people, I just felt pressure. I get to the next door, and I go in, and when I did, I want to tell you, bam, just like that. It was, it was so black in that room and so dark, I could see nothing. I mean, you know how they say you can't see your hand in front of your face. It was like that kind of dark. And then these words came to my mind. Every damnable thing of hell. My gee whiz. And I thought of disease and divorce and death and heartache and all that stuff. I was in that room three, you know, and it's like, and so I believe that what God began to reveal to me that I found out later is I began to learn and understand more of the Old Testament about the covenants of God the ways of God, the commands of God. And I, and I got into the tabernacle. Do y'all remember when I, anybody was with, I know Irwin Charlotte was, we used to go to uh, Brother Mouse's house out in Marston. Remember, he had that sunken, that sunken uh, 55,000 gallon gas tank was his study. And he had a replica uh, of the tabernacle and a model of it. I was into it heavily. 
We, took, we preached in about everything, about the layers of, of animal skins for the covering and the hooks and what they meant, the gold and the, and the, uh, the uh, columns that were there and, and all the stuff and with the furniture there, uh, the brazen altar, the laver, the, the candle. It's like we called it the candlestick, but it's really a lamp, seven branch lamp and the oil that held all that we would light in the in the holy holy place and the table of showbread and the 12 and 12 24 loaves barley and weed and then the altar of incense and, and then you go into the, the the holy of holies where it's dark and you can see nothing but there was the ark of the covenant and inside of that was the rod of Aaron authority and the pot of manna provision so I was like, man, I don't like this place. And I really felt that Yahweh picked me up. And he said, I want you to go through this again. So and as I go, I begin, to, I begin to learn about 30, 60, 100 fold. We were on the way. We went to Coon Holler yesterday with five of the, four of the grandkids. Little Sampson stayed home. And on the way home, we had a special request on the radio. And it was me singing. I said, we're going to do that. Because some of these songs kids like today, I don't care about them. Or their parents like, I don't really care about them. So we're playing this song, Transitional Voice of God. The time has come, the culmination of the ages. God has revealed to us His truths in different stages. Forget the past and don't be bound by its shackles. It's time to celebrate. Wah, 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 transitional voice. And we learned that. We learned all the feasts during that time. Understanding the ways of God because that is how God revealed to his people who he was, how to access him, how, and how to have that, what he has for us now. So, it's a long time ago. I learned a lot then. But the greatest thing that I have learned along the way is the ability to function in my own temple and to access God in my own temple. And in that holy of holies where the authority is and the pot of manna represent, is represented and the law, I want to tell you that is the most powerful thing that I have learned to operate in and I'm still really learning my way around in that place. If it wasn't for me having access to that place and understanding the place of the Holy of Holies, or might I say, my human spirit that had been made alive again by the Holy Spirit, then I would never be able to teach you the gospel that I know now. Because I, I just wouldn't be able to know the truth or not. You, you, you know how much time and knowledge I put seeking? I'm not boasting in that. It's a hidden treasure, bro. I couldn't help myself. Why? Because of that thing that God put in me, that God put and motivated me, that God pressed me on. Remember, we used to sing the old song, Victory in Jesus. Marla's dad was a music song singer at the First Assembly of God when I was a youth pastor there. Johnny Chapin, I loved him. I loved him. I came in, and we were, they were in the middle, of, they wanted me to like transition into courses, but Johnny would sing, we, he would leave, and he'd march up to the pool. Well, you remember Marla? He was dynamic, man. I love the guy. He redheaded. I don't know where she got hers from. And he used to sing. There's there a couple of songs I really like. But I love the way he sang Victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. He sought me, and he bought me 
with his redeeming blood. He loved me and I knew him. And all my love was due him. Listen to this. He plunged me to victory. Now, I don't know what picture comes in your mind when you hear the word plunge. Yahweh plunged me here. <laughs> and Johnny would say, he plunged me, he would say. A great man, in my opinion. Nowadays, I get weary trying to convince somebody soulish man about truth. For some people, man, I know when the lights are out, I'm like, there ain't no light in this dude. There's no light. In, you know, they say they, the light's on, but nobody's home. No, somebody's home, but the lights ain't on. I mean, this dude is, he, you know, I'm like, man, there ain't no light in this guy. Love him. Love you. Think you're great. But there's no lights on in there. And most of the time, initial contact is made through the soulish realm. Through the intellect, motion, will. Like I said, the, the people that I know talk bad about me and stuff, all I have to do is flatter them. And all of a sudden, I'm, they love me. They probably love me anyhow, but they don't, maybe don't like some things I say. As David said, I am for peace, but when I open my mouth, they are for war. And so here we go. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, try it one day. Man, have you lost weight? You can say that to a skinny person, and they'll say, well, no, not really. Well, you sure look like it. I guess that might be a lie. See, when people agree with me, and it's only in the soulish realm, it's why they are no longer here. Because your soulish man is fickle. He may like it one day and next day not like it so much. He may be committed to it by the uniform, get the, get the decals for their car. Get everything they're supposed to do. Get the language, comb their hair like it. But pretty soon, it may jump ship like a Baptist deacon leaves his wife. And I found out that even with the true gospel, people have, there's a satisfaction. In today's society, you look on Facebook and all that, and I'm probably guilty of it too. I'm just telling you that I'm aware of it, that there's a satisfaction with saying something that we may think, that people may think, that we're wise. I've heard people say this, ooh, that's good. Good word right there. Good word, good word. And maybe because the number one thing that everybody says to me when I preach this gospel, if they have any kind of open mind, they don't have to have an open spirit, y'all. Listen, they don't, their spirit can be shut down, dead, inactive, closed. But this is what they tell me, tell me, Joel. Well, dang, that just makes sense. And that's a step in the right direction. I told you years ago, Napios, Tepation, Technon, Weos, Pater, or Telios, however you want to say it. From babyhood, Napios, baby, nappy, you know, nappy mean like nappy, which are napkins, which are diapers. And you have the pation, those are the toddler stage spiritually. These are Greek words the Bible teaches in, as, we, as, we're, as we learned about this. How many of you remember the, the developmental stages? And then we got to... The weos, the spiritually mature sons, hallelujah. The teenagers, teenagers are what? Know-it-alls. So are nine-year-olds now, I found out, and six-year-olds, and, and four-year-olds. They're all know-it-alls. Hey, don't do that. Oh, oh, you're right. You know, that's the bad thing about it when they're, when they're right. Okay. <laughs> 
Before I rebuke them now, I'm like, hey, let me look that up. <laughs> oh, you know, you're right. <laughs> teenage, these teenage Christians, man, they get a little knowledge and it get what the Bible says, it puffs you up. You get puffed up, you know something. Man, look at me, I'll tell you, Nepios, we are, Spotter. I mean, I've heard people get proud about that. There was a guy in town here that didn't like me because I was honest with him, and I'm not a mean person, y'all know that. It's as mean as I get right here. Man, he, he was talking all kind of stuff about me, and come to find out, he was teaching Napios Patiante, all my discipleship stuff, he was teaching it at his church. And I said, well, I'm glad you hate me so much. <laughs> and then there's a bridge from the Weos. We called it Duos. You remember that? Servanthood. So we got from Weos to Pater through servanthood. Y'all remember, remember all that? And the Bible says, for as many as them, excuse me, for as many as them are, that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And that means this. That Greek word for sons is, is weos. The fully mature son. The weos. I forgot technon in there. Teenagers, technon. Weos is fully mature. Napios, pation, technon, teenager. Know it all. We are the fully mature. What is it? It means, it says this, for, for those that are led by the Spirit of God. Say it, led. They're, who's that are led by the Spirit of God? Led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit. They, these are the sons of God. The what? The mature sons. Not the know-it-alls. Not the, not the toddlers that still are pooping in their pants, sinning. Can hardly walk. Remember we used to do the, the, the little baby walk and stuff? Hardly talk. Slobbers and all this kind of stuff. Can't feed themselves, take care, or clean themselves. Surely not napios, where they have to be bottle fed. So this is what I want us to talk about with me doing most of the talking. I believe that the cares of life, the deceitful riches, lust of other things, all those kind of things that we talked about. Our society, our culture, today's narrative. What it's done is it's moved us from being led by the Spirit back to being led by the soul, and even worse, by the body. The Bible calls this earthy. What does that mean? It means we never tapped into the heavenly. We're supposed to be sitting in heavenly places in Christ. But we've never tapped into it because we're so busy fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Let me tell y'all something. I don't care what kind of house you got, what kind of car you got, how much money you got in the bank. If one of those Russian missiles were to come and hit America, it ain't going to matter. Now, that may not happen, Johnny. Well, I hope to God it don't. But the worst thing wouldn't be a Russian missile. It would be for Yeshua to return and me not get my well done. I'd rather Russia blow me up right now. I'd rather have cancer right now. What do you call it? Uh, terminal. I'd rather have a terminal disease right now than for me to not get my well done. This life, this life is, even though it doesn't have the ability to really satisfy, we don't care. It's like a woman whose husband is slapping her around and, and de violently, domestically abusing her, but she just stays there for whatever reason. And I'm not saying that I don't understand, because I do understand why some stay there. 
I've ministered to a lot of people in my life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, I'm going, to ask, I'm going to let Paul ask us the question. I'm going to read his question to me, and I want you to let me read his question to you, and I want you to answer yourself this morning. Do you know, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Don't you know that? Don't you know? Well, I used to, I guess. I, when I used to have faith, you know, I used to. When I'd, I'd lay hands on a dog with cancer and God healed it. I'd lay hands on a chicken if one was sick. I'd lay hands on, I'd jump in the bed on somebody and command them to live back when I knew I was a temple of God and that, that the Spirit of God dwelled in me and I was led by the Spirit. I was moved by the Spirit, understood by the Spirit. I, I flow with the Spirit. After reading this verse, I want us to reconsider this morning this. Paul was inspired for us to, to, to uh, provoke us to consider that I'm a temple. I'm a temple. I'm a temple. I am a temple. And in times past, before God was dwelling in the temple of men and manifesting himself, the deity manifested in men, being who he wants to be, to have a, a creation of those that are like him. The same way that God dwelled in those temples, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, is to dwell in our temple. There's maybe eight parts. The Bible compares Johnny, the way that Johnny is built and created in the image of God. It compares it to the way that God built a temple. There's a certain way. Outer court, inner court, holy of holies. Seven baptisms I taught you. Baptism into repentance, baptism into water, that's, that's the brazen altar and the, and the laver. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, that's the lampstand or the, uh, what do they call it? For, what do they call it? Menorah, thank you, the menorah. And then baptism into fire, that's where the oil, they had to keep oil in those almond cups that was beat out of one piece of gold that was 50 talents heavy. They beat that menorah out, if you want to call it that. And then they had oil in there. It was oil lamps. It wasn't candles. Then the table of showbread, baptism into the body. Then the, then the altar of incense, baptism into suffering. Let me, I want you to listen to me. Before I could get to the fourth dimension, I had to go through the third room. Yahweh told me, you're, you're limiting me. You got 30, 60, 100 fold. I'm more than that, Johnny. That, but that, I found out that that uh, dark place, that before the last, the last thing you have to experience before you get baptized into the cloud is there's called a baptism into suffering. And a lot of people don't make it past that, especially if they've become soulish again. And I want to say this to you. The last baptism is baptism into the cloud. That's why I've been begging you, don't take church, ecclesia, gathering lightly. It ain't yours to fool with. A tenth is God's, period. He ain't going to play about that. I believe when we stand before Yahshua that day, the first thing he's going to get out is our check, checking account. He's probably going to have it online. 
And he don't have to worry about nothing else if we're going to rob him and not be honest with him about our money. The same way with church. Listen to what it's called. The, the, the last baptism in the tabernacle is called baptism into the cloud. What's the cloud? The Bible talks about so great of witnesses. Cloud of witnesses. The cloud, that's the people who are getting their well done. And the cloud gathers here right now. This ain't about me having to have a crowd. This is about me doing what I am called to God to do. And that's what? Set your life in order. Not body, soul, and spirit. Not, not soul, body, and spirit. But spirit, soul, and body. And that's what we're going to talk about the next few weeks. And I'm going to believe, I'm believing God's going to do something miraculous in us. He compares us to the temple. This is baby stuff, guys. I mean, this is milk. I taught you all this when some of you were probably still drinking milk. You think I'm joking. Now you're lactose intolerant and you can't. <laughs> Bunch of old fogies. Man, I want some ice cream so bad. You know, so bad. Did it hurt your stomach? Yeah, you're lactose intolerant. I said, no, I had a whole gallon. <laughs> Gloria, do not go home and make me any banana pudding ice cream, please. The same way that God dwelled in the temple, he compares us to the temple. And so what it does, it helps us understand these three elements of who we really are. People are always trying to find themselves. I tried to find myself, and I found myself. I, went off, I remember I went to Panama City, man, I had this, this real... Uh, emotional thing that I went through, you know, and I was, I was st standing there at the beach where I used to go as a kid, you know, trying to find that place, that missing person, as Michael W. Smith so eloquently wrote in a song. I look for that missing person, Johnny, that, that innocent guy, you know, and I go to Panama City to the jetties, and it grown up some, and they had this, they had this huge, this, when I say huge, they had this, uh, uh, what do they call those things? That you sit in, not a cabana, but a, give me, if you used to have band concerts in them. A gazebo, thank you, thank you. If it's not Greek and Hebrew, I can't remember. It had like a gazebo, and I went up there by myself, man. I was broken, y'all. I'm telling you, I was broken. This was, this was probably right before I began to preach the true gospel. And I got up there, man. I don't know what I was looking for. I was looking for myself. I was looking for the fat guy, you know, the missing person, the past innocent kid that loved God and all that, all that kind of stuff. And I was all there by myself. And the, and the jetties is a place that's of St. Andrews National, St. Andrews State Park. And it has a beautiful beach area and have these rocks around here. And the ocean hits the rock or the gulf hits the rocks except for one area. And it comes in there. Great place to take your family. We used to go there every summer. And I'm up there, and the beach is crowded, but Yahweh made it where I'm all by myself on that gazebo. And so I started crying. I mean, sobbing, almost uncontrollable. I'm like, what? Part of me was saying, what are you doing? But in my mind, I was really searching for something. And then it started raining. And every person on that beach came running up to that gazebo. And screwed up my whole experience. <laughs> Can't y'all see that I'm trying to get right with God? But in my heart, in my mind, I was really wanting to do something. But I found out I was just my soulish man. 
And I wasn't going to be able to find what I'm looking for. When I found myself that day, Danny, I was still lost, bro. Because I cannot and you cannot solve our issues with our intellect, our emotions, and our will. I found out that my soul lied to me because I fought and was hard and believed certain things that I found out later. My soul lied to me. I was wrong. I was just too ignorant to know it. I don't trust my soul. So I'm divided into these three parts that God made. The first part is the outer court, okay? This, this, body, body. Everybody can see it. Outer court, everybody could be in the outer court, as far as the temple was. That's where outer worship is offered. Got a lot of that going on. They call it worship. It ain't. I said it ain't. Because they're doing it from the soulish realm and the, and the, the outward realm, the body and the soul. But they have no room or activity or life in the spirit realm. So it gets more and more. We have to feed the flesh and, and the soul more and more. So what do we have? We've got more smoke, more of this, more of that, more of this, more of that, more, more of that to where basically we look like a nightclub. Can't even worship without it. Go further in the temple. It's called the holy place. This is where only the priests can enter in. And they serve God and minister. They offer blood. They offer the oil. They offer the incense. And they offer the bread to God as worship in that. That is compared to me, my soul. The soulless man, suke. How many remember that murmur? That, not that word. Outside, sarkikos. That's Greek for body. Soulless man, sukikos, or suke. My soul. And then pneumaticos, or pneuma, my spirit. And I'm talking about human spirit, not Holy Spirit. When we repent, and I want to, I mean, I meant to say this today. I want to tell you what. People think they're going to wait till war comes and all ready. Everybody wants to get right with God. You can't. Number one, fear has never saved anybody. Number two, you can't repent unless God gives you the ability to. You better quit playing around with it. Don't take that for granted. That's very close. That's, that soul man, very close to that, that, that third place. It's very close to the Holy of Holies. But we're still outside the veil and cannot enter into God's presence. That's why the Bible says, For the word of God is sharper, quick and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder of what? Listen to me. Dividing asunder of what? Soul and... Because what happened in the fall, what happened? The spirit and the soul became so intertwined. The human spirit and the soul became so close. But no cigar. The Spirit's close, and it has to be separated by God's Word. And so we can be in that place, in the soulless realm, and, and, but we still don't access the heavenly things, the God stuff. Y'all hear me? I'm talking about the God stuff, the God kind of stuff. I'm talking about what God only can do, Joel. And we can do all our dancing and jumping and praying and kicking and, and quoting and all we want to and have all the psychology and all the right terms and all. But I'm talking about a God thing. And the sad part, it, we're that close. We're that close. Not that we're that close, but where it is is that close in who we are as a temple individually. That's where God dwells, the Holy of Holies. 
It's where he radiates his glory from and his might and his power. But I got to tell you about the Holy of Holies. You ready for this? Sorry, it was my phone. The Holy of Holies is dark. You can't see. <laughs> I wish our, our flesh and our soul was, was in darkness. The Bible says it is in darkness, but yet we can see. But the light is in the dark. And the dark is in what we can see. You know see what I'm saying? Joshua said, I'm the light of the world. What does that mean? But, but we access it in a dark place. Nobody can come before him. In the times of the Levitical times and in the tabernacle of Moses, only the high priest could come in once a year through the Holy of Holies before the veil was rent, before soul and spirit were separated, before God gave and restored life to our human spirit by joining it with the Holy Spirit. I want us to leave here today saying that I am a temple of God. Why? Because I have three parts in me. I have the body, the outside. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows what we do. Everybody can see it. And with our bodies, we should obey the commandments of God outwardly. That's where Yeshua died, bodily. Go a little further in, guess what there is there? Our soulish man, sukiko, suke, soul. And that is the inward life in man. It's a big deal. That's why I say I'm a soul man. It includes our feelings, our will, our intellect, and our mind. You don't think your will is a big deal? You don't think your intellect is, <laughs> is a big deal? You don't think your emotions are a big deal? I want to tell you, it's a big deal. And to those of us who supposedly have been regenerated, it's a holy place to us. Listen, our emotions, our will, our intellect, should be a holy place. It's not the holy of holies, but it should be a holy place, and our bodies should be presented as living sacrifices outwardly, holy place in our thought life. Because there's a lot of light there. Everything's clear and obvious here. And the priest came in and out and served God. Where was the light? They had that big lampstand, and it lit up the whole room. You go further in. So I'm talking about outward, inner, and then deeper, holy of holies, human spirit. The problem with the holy of holies is that human light can't reach it. You heard what I just said? See, I, I tried to reach it with my human light for years, but I found out I can't reach it. I, I can't get to it that way. And I even did things like fasted. You know, I fasted 40 days one time. I fasted 21 days one time. I, would, I prayed in tongues for a, a week. Answer the phone, Shondai. A new human light. Because I discovered that the human spirit is invisible to our eyes. Psalm 91.1. Can anybody tell me what it says? He that dwelleth in the Secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
and you can read that forever. He that dwelleth in the secret place. What I'm teaching you today and helping you to understand is there is a secret, secret place in you. And it's the secret place of the Most High. It ain't your body, I'll tell you that. And I want to tell you, I have denied myself, my flesh. I've done all that. Sometimes you, I, there's times I had to just say, you know what? I, I can't do this. Oh, now I'm getting close to the Holy of Holies. The reason that people get tired is because they're trying to do this on their own. Now, you, I, look, if you're going to go on a diet, I was on somebody early. If you're going to go on a diet, you've got to quit eating some stuff. So I know there's something for me to do and a desire for me to quit this, and that should be my goal in life, but I want to tell you, it's the habitation of God. Where is God? Where is God? And, but the problem is, he dwells in our human spirit. Nobody can get there till the veil's pulled away. Boop. And we know the Yahshua, I ain't going to get into what Yahshua did. I'm just saying this. Hopefully nobody has just lied to God and stole from God so much with a hard heart that you're not going to ever try to change or you're not going to forgive people. If you're that way, then this, you, 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 there's no hope for you. But those of us that are really just trying and we're doing our best, you know, we really want it and we just don't really know yet how to get there. We're, you know, we're still maybe a patty on. We, we still, you know, mess our diapers sometimes because we're just young. You know, sometimes we just, we just uh, uh, need, need somebody to feed us milk, you know, because we're just young. But this human spirit thing, God is having access. He said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. My son's going to come. He gonna, he's going to pull away the veil. He's going to separate soul and spirit. Hallelujah. Because I couldn't tell what my soul was and what my spirit was. I called it the ministry. <laughs> and it was really ego. <laughs> my motivation was ego and pride. Hallelujah, watch me. Look what I can do. Hey, I shunned him a And lay hands on people going down. Man, it was so bad back in those days, people were trained to fall. They were trained to fall. Y'all tell the truth. I remember a guy in our church, Joel, remember? We had Jimmy Hughes come in here, and Jimmy Hughes, you know, his whole story or whatever, mafia hitman or whatever he said he was. I don't know if it's true or not, but, you know, I saw something on the Internet about him. But uh, so I remember after, after Jimmy left, you know, the next week or something, I think a guy called Joel or me one I think Joel told me about it. The guy that fell down, Jimmy laid hands on him. Jimmy's just a little old guy, you know. He laid hands on this guy, and he fell down. And, and, and then the next day he called Joel or whatever, and he was mad because he said Jimmy pushed him down. <laughs> so why'd you let him do that? You ain't going to push me down. You hear what I'm saying? He pushed him down. I'm like, well, <laughs> you're as guilty as he is. You fed into his plot. Yahshua came and split the veil. What he did, that word of God divides asunder what? Your soul from that secret place. Because we got it stuck together. And we think our soul because it's so close to what we used to think. Now we know everything. You know what I said? No, we went, well, we know. There ain't no, you don't go to. This is what somebody told me. I told them there ain't no heaven. I've never told you there's not a heaven. Paul McCartney, he wrote Blackbird. He said, I just want to tell y'all something. Every one of y'all that's trying to copy it, you're playing it wrong. 
I'm telling you all right now, if you tell somebody there's not heaven, don't tell them I told you because I've never said that. I said there's heaven. That's where God dwells. The angels dwell. Yahshua's at the right home of the Father. You just ain't going there. Somebody said, you say, no, there's a hell. Oh, yeah, there's a hell. It just ain't what we've been told. It's just the grave. My God, it's so simple, especially if you know how to access the Holy of Holies. When I speak to somebody and I say something to them that's contrary to what their soul has built up, most people have a reaction. But then later, they get softened about it because they really love the truth. Man's got a body and a soul. But the most important thing that we have is our human spirit. And I'm not talking about a football player that runs and, man, look, he's got a lot of human spirit, don't he? Or, you know, a football team in high school, what they say? We have spirit. We got spirit. Yes, I do. We got spirit. How about you? No, you don't. I'm not talking about that Americanized stuff. I'm talking about something. Listen to me. That is far deeper than your, our consciousness. It's far deeper than, than what I'm, I'm conscious about. It's a beautiful thing. If it wasn't for that, I would not know anything. I would only know what's conscious to me. I'm, I'm conscious to. It's the place, listen to me, that you cannot reach, and I'm telling you this by personal experience. Please hear what I'm saying right now. You cannot reach the human spirit by your feelings. Because that's how I was raised, Pentecostal, man. You get somebody to cry, you've got it. How many of you want a good lyric in a song? You get a good lyric in a song that makes people cry. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> listen to this song. It makes you cry. I don't want to cry. It is unreachable by your feelings. Listen to this. It's unreachable by what you know. Hello. You can't reach it with what you know. Yeah, but I thought you told us we know the truth. Yeah, I told you no, I got the truth from there. It gave me what I didn't know and convinced me and allowed me to prove that to my soul. Because my soul needed to know. Your emotions can't reach that human spirit. And here's the problem. That's the place where God is and where we fellowship with him. <laughs> Shut up. That ain't, that ain't fellowshipping with God. I'm not saying you won't have emotions, but I'm going to tell you what, emotions ain't going to get you in there. Your feelings ain't going to get you in there. Well, I feel like God is this, or I feel, don't feel like God's that. It ain't got nothing to do with God. The Holy of Holies, there's no light. And that always had me, I had a hard time getting it in my brain. He, he said, there is no light. And I thought he was the light. The holy place, light. The outer court, we got the sun and everything. The soul in that holy place, it's, there's much power of understanding. We have many, many, many thoughts, much knowledge, many rules where we comprehend both the things in the psychological world and things in the physical world. So see, with the flesh, we contact the world. With our souls, we contact ourselves. And with, the, with our human spirit, we contact God. We don't contact God with the soul. Y'all hear me? The order that God gives to us, and I said it earlier today, is so important for you to understand 
And that's what one of the things an apostle does. I think, I think I'm probably a prophet. But I have apostolic responsibilities in the sense of fathering and setting in order. And if people do what I say, their life will be much better. And not just saying, yeah, 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 so, yeah, okay, I like that. And then leave and never, ever open the pathway to your human spirit and never fellowship God. I've always asked God, why is it that people love sin so much? And he says, why? Because it feels good. I asked a lot of homeless people before. I said, why, do you, why are you homeless? Not one of them said, because I don't have money. I said, why are you on drugs? Because I like the way it feels. I like being homeless. I've never had somebody, and I'm not saying there's not a million of them. I'm just saying my personal experience. So you've got to get in your head, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, that we may present ourselves holy, spirit, soul, and body. Not soul, spirit, and body. Not body, soul, and spirit. It's spirit, soul, and body. Holy, completely. The spirit, your human spirit, is the most exalted and elevated, and that's why it's mentioned first. You better start tending and take heed to your spirit. You ain't going to get no well done. You're going to stay just as defeated as you are now. Well, Johnny, I don't feel defeated. Well, you may not yet. I'm not sure the Ukraine feels so defeated yet, but they're fixing to. Unless President Putin is very merciful. That's my opinion. The body is the lowest part of your being. It's base. It's, it's like getting a car that, that you know, uh, what, what does it have? Well, it's just our base model. Well, does it have air conditioning? No. Have a heater? No. Does it have electric windows? No. I mean, you're not going to buy this. But we settle for it. We let our body tell us everything to do and control us. I want that. I'm hungry. Do it, do it. Get that right there. And it's keeping us from the heavenly things that we need and that God so graciously and wonderful, wondrously has given to us, but we can't receive it because we don't know how to even fellowship God. We're fellowshipping darkness. The work of the temple revolves around the revelation of the Holy of Holies. How does your your temple work? You want your temple to be in order? You want your life to be in order? How does it work? How does it work? Well, it's in relation to what the Holy of Holies says. The Holy Holy, all the actions of the outer court, the soul, and the, and the, whole, excuse me, the body, and the holy place, the soul, are determined by the presence of God in your Holy of Holies. That's command headquarters. The holiest place in your temple, which is your human spirit, that is inspired and alive by the Holy Spirit, and the place where all other places, Places, what? The soul and the body depend, subject to, and depend on that. That's being mature, being led by the Spirit. And this is the thing. It's accessible for us. It's available for us. In the Holy of Holies, it don't seem like there's much work going on there. Listen to me close. Man, the Holy of, the, the, in the soulish realm, in the holy place, Man, they're working. Man, got bread, Joel. They're cooking bread. They're, they're doing this. They're doing that. Like Martha. Martha, she's busy, busy, busy. And, and what does Mary do? Mary just sits at his feet, ministers to him. And, Mary, and Martha got mad at Mary because she had peace. And her mind wasn't driving her crazy. She didn't have all this internal dialogue, so to speak. 
in the Holy of Holies, man, when you get with God, it's okay. I want to tell you what. I can have anxiety and get worried about some bad news, let's say. And I can access my human spirit in the Holy of Holies, so to speak. And in less than 30 seconds, my whole personality and posture and outlook change like that. That don't mean I'm going to say, ah! you, know, you hear something, you just yell at your wife. Ah, you say, wait, I can't you. But boop, there it goes. Quieting yourself. Where? In that holy, by, by, the, by the Holy Spirit. Everything that the, the, the priest did in the holy place, the oil, the bread, all we're talking about, it was under the direction of whatever the Holy of Holies directed. So in other words, whatever God is saying for me to do, that's what my soul should be busy doing and nothing else. That's how you, we've always talked about weaning our soul from fretting as a child. That's how I learned to do it. But I had to open up my church. I had to open up my human spirit. I had to separate by the word of God, dividing asunder my spirit from my soul because I want to tell you, they, they, I couldn't tell the difference. I found out that my soul was an organ of who I was, my personality. Like we said, the mind, the will, the emotion. And it appears to be the master of the activities for the whole being. Listen, not only does it appear to be, but your soul is the master of all your activities. Even the body is subject to what the flesh does. It will, it will control and decide what your body does. Before man fell, was it that he just wasn't using his whole brain? <laughs> or he was using his whole brain? No. The difference was this. They walk with God in the cool of the day. You know what that means? It means that that human spirit was joined to the Holy Spirit, made alive. And that all these activities and works of the soul that Adam and Eve did was under the control of the spirit, the human spirit. So what is God's order? What is God's order? Spirit. Help me, y'all. What is God? I'm gonna, if y'all ain't got it now, I'm going to finish this. I got I, You said that quick, didn't you? First of all, And it's got to be in that order. If it's not in that order, listen to me, then it's out of order. And if it's out of order, your life don't work. I don't care what you do. You know, money you make, you can have big, you have buy this, do that, whatever. It ain't going to ever work. You know what? I like working. I like working that... My, all my children are serving God. That's what I like. I like that my wife loves me. That's what I like. I like we have an ecclesia that we're getting somewhere and we're growing and we got truth here. That's, a, that's the happy stuff for me. I know this. Once I begin to woke up rightly, I know my God will, will not withhold anything. Your soul. And we're going to talk about this next week. Since Cheryl had the answer. Y'all can all thank her. Your soul is where you, it has the power to choose whether you're going to let the spirit rule or not. Are you going to let the body rule or not? Are you going to let self rule or not? The soul has that power. 
You say, well, I thought the Holy Spirit has that power. He don't force it on you. Here you are. You got your own will. It's called, every heard of this, free will. It's free will. Here it is. But once you can learn that you can open up your spirit again, and the Holy Spirit will come and fellowship with you again. When I say the Holy Spirit, it's God's presence. It's Yahweh. Then you can begin to renew your mind. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you might prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable, good, acceptable, and perfect will. The, word, the will of God, y'all, is good. It's a good will. It's, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. Those aren't three levels of people who want to just halfway live for God. Well, I'll just, I'll just do the good will of God. I'll just do the accepted will. I don't think I want to do the perfect will. That's a false teaching right there. There is no breakdown. The will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. All right? The soul is so powerful. And this is something that I, I've just, it just kind of dawned on me in this context. The Bible says that God made man a living soul. He said, I'll make you a living spirit, a living body. He said, I made man a living soul. So I know that the center of decision for us is the soul. And Yahweh is wanting to do this for this church, for this ecclesia, for those that are serious. They don't rob God. They don't just lay out of church. They feel joined. They, they, want, they just want to serve God. They want to serve God's people. All that we've been talking about. I want to tell you what. You have a heart after God. God will take care of you. I've seen, what, I've seen what David did. David murdered somebody. Don't get any ideas. So he murdered a, murdered a loyal, faithful man so he could sleep with his wife. That ain't good. And he paid for it, of course. We know he paid for these sins by losing five children, five lambs, innocent, boom, because of him and his sin. But the fact is, ultimately, he was a man after God's heart. Let me tell you where you find God's heart in the human spirit. If you've heard me today, wave at me. You got ears today? I want y'all to yield to this. I'm going to finish this with this statement. I'm going to read a scripture afterwards. That is this. I'm, I'm just wondering, is what available to us and where we're supposed to be living something in the past? If it is, okay, I'm good with it. If God just don't do miracles no more, I'm good with it. You know, I don't like it. If God's still letting us be victorious and all that kind of stuff, I'm good with that. I'll serve him though he slay me. I'm serious. But the fact is, the more I study the Bible and the more I fellowship with my heavenly father, I found out we're living way below our means, y'all. We're, we're, we're working way too hard. And I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard, okay? You understand what I'm saying? I love a... a it was the other day, I guess, last week when we were celebrating. I've been rejoicing with this statement all day. A guy told me, he said, man, I said, how's, how's it going at work? He said, man, it's a perfect job. He began to tell me how, I mean, it, it, it is, perfect job. And he said, hey, and I just got a raise. I'm like, now we're talking. He said, and this is what he said. He said, Yahweh just wiped sweat off my brow. I'm going to tell you what, I felt like David. I can run through a troop and over a wall. I'm going to read you this last scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, listen to me, I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that, which God hath prepared for them that love him. You're not going to get it with the body. 
You're not going to understand it with your soulish man. But God hath revealed them to us. How? By His Spirit. And He speaks to us and reveals it to us, not in our soul, holy place, not in the outer court, our body, but in the holy of holies or in the human spirit. For the Spirit does what? Searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man? You want to find yourself? You want to find out who you really are or whatever? Save the spirit of that which is in him. You're never going to know who you really are, what your purpose is, whatever, unless you can access that place. Open up your temple again, that part of your temple. The veils should be removed, and you start accessing God. And the spirit says, what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? What knows the thing of man? The spirit of man. It don't say save the soul of a man. It don't say save the body of a man. What, what knows the things of a man? The human spirit. The most prominent part of your created being. He said, look, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, so that we might know, listen, the things that are freely given to us of God. We don't know the things that are freely given to us because we aren't accessing them by the Spirit because the Spirit only speaks to our spirit. We're just getting solely stuff and thinking, and when it don't come to pass, we jump to another one or we get mad at God and say, where are you at? He says, i tell you where I'm at. I'm in your human spirit in the dark, and you're too blind to see it, and you're too contaminated with the world to want it. Listen to this. But the spirit, not the spirit of the world, the spirit of the world can't give you, make you understand how to get the things God has for you. Y'all hear me. The world doesn't have the answer. Psychology, that, what that is, that's soul revelation. Psychology is just a revelation of what? The intellect of the soulish realm. I need more than that. I need a second opinion. Matter of fact, it should be my first opinion. What? I want to know what the spirit who knows the things of a man, and I want to know the things that are freely given to me by Yahweh. I want to know what they are. And not only do I want what they are, Sabrina, I want them. And I want them for you. I want them for us. And I want them for the glory of God. Listen to this, verse 13. Which things also we speak. We speak, not with the words of man's wisdom teacheth, but what the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual with spiritual. What's he saying? This ain't going to happen by you speaking out of your body and your soul. Just a positive comment ain't, gonna, ain't powerful enough. He said, but what do we say? L listen, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but we got to access what the Spirit, and we can speak the words that the Spirit is teaching us. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking to see if any lights are on out there. Why? Verse 14. But the natural man, what is that? The flesh and the soul. The body and the soul. Listen to this. Receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. That's why when I touch a man to tithe, he thinks it's foolishness. Why? Because he's in darkness. The Bible says they're foolishness unto him. 
I remember we had a couple of guys first come here. Chester was one of them, I think. Man, I started teaching on first fruit offering. They got outside and huddled together next to Chester's truck. And they were like, did he say what I thought he said? Yeah, he said, give a full paycheck once a year, first fruit offering. Well, here's my paycheck for him. I ain't going to tell you what the guy did. He want a paycheck here. He can have that, blah, 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 blah. They, they think it's foolishness. That don't make sense. That don't add up to two and two and four. But it, it, listen, when you can get into that where God is, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. I've, had, I've wanted to do things before by the Spirit, and my flesh reared up at me and tried to talk me out of it. Anybody ever done that before? Don't you give that. Don't you do that. Don't you say that. Don't you go there. And it says that the natural man receiveth not, and he can't even know them. Why? Because they are only spiritually discerned. Are y'all ready to go on this journey? We're going to open church up. We're going to open the church up. What church? The Spirit of God in us. The human spirit. The Holy of Holies. We're going to access God. And we're going to get rid of all that doubt and belief and all that stuff that, that man's wisdom and figuring it out how to do it. Let me tell you what God will do. God can accidentally do something more for you than you could do in a thousand lifetimes. Bye.